And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off at still smooth productions <laughs> oh big golf huh all right well see you later and the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world i think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and chipotle at st bales up everybody welcome in senseless welcome in friends this is bold nonsense you've reached it you're deep in the depths of this podcast this is episode 124 on 821 2020 the red light is on red light means stop thinking get a little senseless with me this week that's right i am at walsh disney and i am the happiest host on earth i approach you from the front and kind of like wow this dude's pretty serious then i walk away and like damn he likes to party with two r's and i will be solo for this week one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do and, uh, but it's still going to be a good one. Still going to be a good one. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, lots to talk about. But, uh, you know, we've got that still smooth. He, he's got some stuff. You know, it's fantasy football season. Maybe next week we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll help you all out. Uh, but we'll definitely talk about the Bull Nonsense Heavy Artillery League in uh, at the end of this episode. But maybe we'll talk some, some fantasy football next week and uh, give you the, the, the insight that you guys need. Uh, but still smooth. To that regard, fantasy football season, Smooth's got a draft that is going on, so he is not going to make it this week, but that's fine. When you are doing football stuff, fantasy football stuff, we give you a pass here, just like we do for all of you senseless members. Uh, but I am Walt Walsh Disney, like I said, happiest host on earth, and I'm going to be by myself this week uh, and talking some awesome stuff. But with Smooth out, no on this date, and no random thoughts, so let's just kick it. Let's start it off with trivia. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy! Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Okay, starting trivia, here we go. Last week's question only six players have scored more than 60 points in an nba game on more than one occasion who has done it the most so basically what we were looking for was uh the guy who scored 60 points the most amount of times because only six players have done it more than once that answer is three two one wilt chamberlain wilt chamberlain he scored 60 points more then uh, uh, he scored more than 60 points, 32 times in his career. That is more times than the other five combined. So other th- the other five, Kobe did it six times. 
MJ did it five times. Elgin Baylor did it four times. Harden has done it four times. And Dame has done it three times. Uh, so, yeah. All of those combined don't even match Wilt. He did it a bunch of times. Super impressive. 60 points. A lot of points. This week's question goes like this. What MLB player has the record for most Grand Slams in one inning? One more time. What MLB player has the record for most Grand Slams in one inning? Find out on 125 and find out what happened this week in the news happening right now. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Before we get started with the news, we are in the news segment, but before we get started, I just wanted to go down, I had this thought today, I just wanted to run down and I wanted to throw at you unbridled sports positivity. Some of the things I heard today, let's start, sports are happening and they will continue to happen and they're going to be going on and we're going to get sports, screw you college football, but everything else, we're moving on. In the NFL, there are only like six people left on the COVID list. That is for the entire NFL. The entire NFL, only six people are on the COVID list. That doesn't mean you have COVID. That means they did suspect that you might have been around it. So yes, six people could have it, but it could also be that six people don't have it and have been around it and they are thus quarantining, just being safe. Six people, that has been down from... A decent amount. It wasn't a, a lot of people, but the COVID list with everybody, like I said, what do they call it? Contact tracing, I believe is the term they use. There was upwards of, you know, there could have been even like 45 people on it because they might have been around it, could have been exposed to it, just, just based on whatever. Could have even been like high risk for it. So you put them on there. Now we're down to six. And, and we have people in pads practicing getting ready for an NFL season. It's coming. It's happening. In the NBA, zero. Goose egg. They've been in, in the bubble for a while now, and we've had zero te positive tests. Now they're bringing in some guests. And my, hey, I'll just say this. The NBA has been doing a really good job in the bubble. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to guess and I'm going to put it out there, the positive vibes of zero tests, even with guests coming in. They might be a tiny bit nervous about it, but they've done a good job so far and they just need to keep doing it. So the NBA also firing on all cylinders. The MLB, MLB keeps getting crushed. Like they have all the tests in the entire world. Well, guess what? It's less than 1% of baseball that has tested positive, even with the Marlins, even with the Cardinals, and, and even with, what what was it, the... Uh, the Marlins got got postponed again. They're playing today, but less than one percent still. That's a lot. That's not very many uh, people within baseball that have gotten it, and they're forging on. They're getting better, doing a better job. Uh, the NCAA, they're put, trying to put people on camp. College in general, trying to put people on campuses. Things didn't go well. Pull it back. 
Okay, at least we know how to calm it down after uh, after things get awry. And I think we need to be okay with that. But we are going SEC, that's going to forge along. They don't care what they have to play football and They'll play football. The ACC, love it. Uh, they're, they're going forward with it. Just, they just don't understand why we can't do it. So good on you there. The NHL, how about more zero positive tests in a bubble for the NHL? Another great job for them. We'll talk about that a little bit, uh, just a little bit as we go forward. And then golf. I liked what golf did. You bring people in. They're not bubbling. Really not doing that thing. They're putting all the onus on, on each individual player. But early when people did get, did t- they had a COVID group. So it was like anybody who has COVID, you guys are in the same group regardless of score. That's pretty cool. And, and we haven't heard that many uh, that many positive tests come out of golf in the PGA. So they are also doing a good job. You got to be good on you for uh, each individual player there in their caddies and their uh, respective circles. So sports positivity. Sports are going fairly well. If you, especially if you look at at the the whole of COVID and how it's being handled. Well, sports are kicking its ass. They're doing a great job at it. So a uh, little a little golf clap for them and a, a commendia for them and a little bright spot of sunshine uh, for all of you as we get into the news proper. And the news proper starts, as we always do, we do it every week, we start in the NFL. How about another really good day for an NFL player? The Packers have signed, or extended, Kenny Clark, the nose tackle Kenny Clark. That might not be a huge name to, to all of you listening, but if it isn't, just understand, this is the highest paid nose tackle ever. Four years, $70 million dollars. If the name doesn't reach you, $70 million for a defensive tackle probably should. This guy, incredible. One of the best run sufferers in terms of controlling offensive lines that there are in the NFL. I mean, the uh, the additions for the Packers defensive line last year, the Smith brothers or whatever, they got a whole bunch of pub last year while Kenny Clark just sat there took on monsters of humans on the offensive line and let the Smith brothers do what they do. So, well-deserved, well-paid, uh, and that's another... I mean, it just shows you where we're going with... Uh, I feel like more and more are we seeing people who do do well on the field, obviously, it's a meritocracy, but do well on the field and then just kind of play ball with the team. Not in terms of like, I'll give you a discount. You don't have to Tom Brady it. But staying quiet, taking care of their business off the field and not in the media. And and being, what, reasonable? And teams will break you off. They'll help you out. And they'll do, you know, I listened to Colts GM Chris Ballard today. said, we know we can't pay everybody. But if you do what we're asking of you we will do our best, and if not, if we say we can't get it done, you know somebody. If you you do your best, do everything that's asked of you, you know some other team's gonna gonna do it. 
So that's kind of where the NFL, I feel like, is trending. That's what kind of what I've been hearing uh, for the most part. What I see big picture-wise is that most players are kind of realizing that same thing. If I get my business done and I work business-wise with them instead of against them, it'll be better for me in the end. And I think Kenny Clark definitely shows that. Uh, now we got to dip into some, some news that's not so good. Cowboys' Gerald McCoy, another defensive tackle. Big defensive tackle day. Gerald McCoy has, uh, there's conflicting reports or, um, basically it's an and or situation ruptured his quad, his quadriceps, or maybe and, or potentially tore his ACL is the latest report we're getting. So horrible news for him. I mean, getting older, but was going to be a functional part of that, that Cowboys, uh, defensive line rotation, and you could definitely tell that was something that the Cowboys were looking to do is build depth on the defensive line. They did not like their production from last year. So what do you do? You get some guys who have proven they could do it, and you get more than you think you need because, one, things like this happen. Really unfortunate for, for Gerald McCoy, who's uh, a great guy. Everybody loved him on Hard Knocks when he was talking Game of Thrones and keeping people in check. And just the way he approaches life in, in fairness and people uh, and how he treats everybody is great to see. So everybody likes Gerald McCoy, but for the Cowboys, like I said, they're trying to build depth uh, because injuries happen and because uh, fatigue happens. If, you, if, you're putting, if you're putting Lawrence out there every, day, every snap, if you're, you're putting, even if you were putting Gerald McCoy out there every snap or Everson Griffin out there every snap, those kinds of things wear on defensive linemen, and that led to a lack of production for them last year. So they really put an emphasis on it. On it. Let's see um, what the Cowboys go forward with. I wonder if the, we'll see some, uh, maybe even another signing uh, just, just for that depth for the Cowboys. And ESPN has finally officially announced their Monday Night Football booth, kind of. Uh, so the booth is Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. However, the first game called for uh, the NFL this year will be ESPN er, on ESPN NFL will be uh, the College Crew. So. Little interesting. I mean, I know we heard reports that if uh, college football didn't happen, that that college crew with Herbie and in, in in them would basically step in as the number ones, making these guys the number twos. But they're so they are calling the second game. So it's kind of weird. They haven't officially said like, oh, this is the number two crew. Um, so we'll see what ESPN does. I, I, I'm not sure that they're done. But anyway, let's let's talk about this booth. Steve Levy, uh, vet guy's gonna get it done. He, he's not gonna be you know the best in the game, but he's also not gonna be pretty bad. So there you go. You're kind of hitting hitting a single there, which is what you want to do, I think, with play by play. Now to the part that I feel like ESPN doesn't understand how to do, and I've talked a lot about this. Three person booths. Do not work! Stop trying it! I don't like that they keep doing this, especially doing this to my boy Lewis Riddick, who I think should have had this job years ago. Just give him the job, the color job, and get out the way. Putting a three-man booth, that can work. Basketball, is a, it, it's so fast-paced that there's so much to, to say 
see on any given and see on any given play. So there, there's such a different way of seeing basketball, especially with its speed, that there are different takes that can be given. Uh, in baseball, a three-man birth, excuse me, three-man booth works because there's so much time. Uh, it's a ridiculous amount of time that people can just basically talk, and uh, in but in football, sticking to the, the major three, I guess, in football, it's different. Uh, the the viewer in football is diff- It's also been programmed or or trained. To not just want what is happening or quick analysis of a certain a certain play, they'll want that. But they want to be taught the game. They want to be taught about the player. Uh, they want to be taught about the fundamentals, and they want to be taught football more than in baseball, where you just kind of they want the history of it, or in basketball, where they want more of the one-on-one. Uh, talking about the individual players they want to talk about the stars more in football they want to talk more about the game and the viewer has been trained to want to learn about the game you think from john madden and and he's one who probably started it the most on teaching football and then you get things to why people love tony romo right now and why they love the fact that he could anticipate plays happening is because he could tell you why he was anticipating plays happening, and that taught people the game. That's why they love it. In football, that's what they love. Why a three-man booth doesn't work for football because of how the viewer has been trained is you go in with only a certain amount of information and a certain amount of teaching points that you can really give without over-teaching. So the points that you can make in football are more limited and when you can give them is kind of a stricter tighter schedule especially with how faster football's getting a little bit faster and there's so much production involved so what you're doing is taking those nice nuggets that the viewer wants and splitting them between two people who now have to battle between those and the viewer doesn't want to hear battling and that's what you're going to get in football it's just it a three-man booth doesn't work. There's too many dissenting views. There's too much uh, stepping on each other. All you have to do is look at Boog and Witten. Neither of them were able to be good because both of them were trying to do the same thing. You're stepping on each other's toes rather than working with each other, like in baseball and basketball. That's a lot easier to work with each other. Um, so I don't have high hopes for a three-man booth especially like if you don't know much about Lewis Riddick the guy's a G he played he was in the front office he's been a, he's been heavy into scouting and break in a film guy and he's got this aggressive but not over, like this really smart highbrow aggressive style that not many people can match and i think that's going to be uh for lack of a better term, neutered in a three-man booth with Brian Greasy because he's going to have to try and bring out even more of like this funny banter guy that he you can get with just play-by-play in color, but it's going to be more awkward with him having to try and jump into that with a color-color play-by-play booth. So don't love it, but I do love that Lewis Riddick is on the call, and hopefully Brian Greasy will just get scooted out eventually.
So that is my uh, education soapbox style rant on a three-man booth. Um, and uh, hey, you took journalism. Uh, get out of here. That's a drop for you. You took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Let's move on to the NBA, where in the NBA, the Pelicans have fired Alvin Gentry. Don't love this. Don't think they gave him enough time. I thought he vibed well with Zion. I just don't like it when this is a sign to me of bad organizations when you bring a guy in and you know that it's not going to go well and then you punish him for it not going well. The, the, the idea of setting expectations and then and having them intentionally be low and then when you those intention those expectations basically are matched punishing people for that that doesn't set it that doesn't really set a good culture within the in the organization and i think that's been that is the number one misstep for organizations and um if you think about like the, the the Cleveland Browns, they're finally getting out of their own way with that. They've been doing it for so long. I just can't wait or don't understand why organizations haven't learned this lesson yet. And I think the Pelicans are a prime example of not learning that lesson. The NBA draft lottery has happened. That happened uh, as of this recording last night, as of this listening two nights ago. Uh, but if you haven't heard, the Timberwolves came away with the top pick, then the Warriors at two, Hornets at three, Bulls at four, uh, and Cleveland at five. To round out the top ten is Atlanta six, Detroit, New York Knicks, Wizards at nine, and Suns at ten. Um, Knicks kind of probably lower than they think they want to be at this point. Um, for you locals, the Blazers are at 16. Uh, so kind of middle of the pack there. But Timberwolves getting it, that's kind of an up-and-coming team. That'll be very interesting. Um, uh, LaMelo Ball is at the top as one of the better prospects. But is he kind of redundant at this point with, with the Timberwolves? Potentially. So we'll see what happens there. The The draft lottery could be very interesting. Or the draft lottery was interesting. The draft could be interesting because of the way it all fell uh, out. I guess. Moving on from that, just want to talk about the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. Uh, maybe give us a couple names that, that uh, are more important than we might think. Maybe a couple names that aren't as important than we might think. But a couple updates. In uh, the East, the Bucks are 1-1 with the Magic. Uh, their next game is going to be the 22nd. So that is at the day, the day you're listening to this. Um, is their next game that will be, you know, I, I think now that the Bucks have got it rolling, you gotta keep, you gotta keep with it. I mean, for them, it's all about the energy and, and can they get it? I thought they were going to be a veteran club coming in a little bit older and more experienced in that they would. The first game didn't show it. The second game, always an answer, an answer back game. The third game for me is really the tell all game. So that'll be. The day you're listening to this, hopefully, on Saturday should tell you a lot about how that series is going to go. The Toronto Raptor, Raptors lead the Brooklyn Nets 3-0. to zero. The, the I mean, the number one guy for the Raptors is their head coach, Nick Nurse. I just think he's a genius, especially defensively. The way he is able to take things away 
uh, to blitz people, take things away, and, and pick and choose uh, and make that different from game to game on what he's picking and choosing, I think really keeps teams on their heels and allow the Raptors, who have traditionally been more of a get-punch team, to be the punchers. The Celtics lead the 76ers 2-0, and the Heat lead the Pacers 2-0 as well. So we'll see how that goes. In the West, Lakers and Blazers are 1-1. This is kind of the same thing as the Magic in, in the Bucks to me, which is the game Game 3 is the tell-all game. Uh, the Blazers punch in the, fir- or in the first game. Lakers punch pretty hard in the second game. Uh, Damian Lillard, dislocated finger, and... To me, losing Zach Collins for the rest of the season, which broke today, going to have surgery on his ankle, that is a huge deal for the Blazers. Uh, What he does is allows Nurk to be Nurkic. Uh, Nurkic is coming into his own. He's a pass kind of guy. He's a a very talented scorer. He's not great defensively, although he can block some shots. And he's not a tough guy. He's... Soft sounds bad, but he is a, he's a little soft. He, he's uh, not looking for fights or anything like that. Collins is, when he's in there, Nurk can be Nurk and not have to worry about it. Whiteside, not going to bring any physicality. He'll bring block shots, but he doesn't bring good defensive rotations. He just doesn't, he looks a little lost. He doesn't bring intensity. And that's what the Blazers need at times. Right now, all the intensity is coming from Dame. And us hoping he makes shots, or maybe Gary Trent, which is nice. But we need that needed that other person. I think Collins is a huge hit. We're going to have to find intensity somewhere else, uh, and more focused intensity rather than the the jovial, a little bit spastic. Uh, I love him, but a little bit spastic uh, intensity that comes from Wendy and Gabriel. So Collins, that's a huge hit, and really CJ needs to step up. He has been pretty underwhelming so far. Uh, in this series. Clippers and the Mavericks, that's a great series. That's a 1-1 series. Uh, In this, I don't think Game 3 is going to tell us much. I think that's going to be a a punch and punch back, back and forth between these two teams, really for this whole series. I mean, the Mavericks are a very good team. Uh, And they're really, I think, coming into their own, kind of finding something right now, where the Clippers are... They have found something, but they're they're searching for something, and that's an NBA title. So that'll be a great series all the way through. Nuggets and Jazz. Jazz lead two to one over the Nuggets as of now, Friday at around five o'clock. Um, and then the Thunder are down zero to two games against the Rockets. So we'll see how that ends up there. I would say the Rockets are in in charge thoroughly right now. Let's move on to baseball, where we talk MLB, and uh, you know we're gonna start with the Tatis Jr. saga. Everybody loves a good hitting uh, pitchers throwing at people saga, don't they? Nobody's sick of this yet, are they? Tatis Jr. for the Pod, shortstop for the Padres, uh, young up and comer, uh, big hitter, a really good defensive player for, for all intents and purposes. Plays the game the correct way. In the first game, uh, he, the Padres were up big on the, on the Rangers. He has a 3-0 count, and he goes ahead and daddy hacks at the 3-0 and hits a grand slam. And the Rangers didn't like that. They go ahead and throw at Manny Machado the next play, the, uh, on the next at-bat, and the pitcher and the manager got suspended. 
Uh, then just for funsies, his, hit, his team, the Padres, are up 6-0. He goes ahead and steals third uh, just for just having a good time, always playing hard. And, uh, you know, that's how he – that's the, this generation, how they grew up. And I, I feel like throwing at people is dying, and I'm so happy for it. And, he, and here we go. Look, I have a lot of people that I call friends who are pitchers. Uh, you know, I grew up in baseball and a lot of them were pitchers. Uh, so if you're one of those people, a lot of those people that I love, take that with, you know, understand that. Don't lose that. Uh, you might want to fast forward. Pitchers are, can be, pitchers can be, I will cool this down from how I was feeling the other day. Not cool sometimes. Pitchers think they're so much more important than they actually are. Uh, they are... There, there are positions in sports that are different from other positions. Quarterback in football. Uh, uh, as our guy Still Smooth, we talked about this. He would say keepers in soccer. Goalies in hockey are different, although not as drastically. Um... Most of those positions understand that they're different and they work to bridge the gap. Quarterbacks actively try and be closer to the teammates and, and actively try and, un, and reach out to them in understanding that they get paid differently, that they are not hit, and that they are truly not real football players. Punters and kickers understand that they're not in any way fo uh, football players, but they are valued members of the team. Uh, keepers, this is from Smoove. He always understood that it's different, and, and keepers themselves understand that it's different. They're not running the full-on miles that other soccer players are running. Uh, they don't have to have the type of shape or whatever. They're not constantly in plays. They understand that it's different. Uh, goal, goalkeepers in hockey understand that it's different. That there is these rules around them, these unwritten rules of not, you know, not taking it out on the goalie. They understand that it's different. Pitchers don't get it. Pitchers think that they are the shit, and that the baseball revolves around them. They play like once a week, maybe. They don't matter to catchers. Throw me the ball where I tell you and, and the way that I tell you and then get the hell out the way. Don't try and hit because you suck at it. Uh, fielding, just get it to first. Just come on. Just get it to Don't do anything fancy. We know you can't pull it off. Just get it over there. And then shut up. So whenever you get taken yard and then start thinking like you're part of this game, you're not. So just... Don't throw at anybody. Don't because all you do is when you strike people out and you start celebrating, you start screaming your head off as you walk across the line back to the dugout. Hitters have no recourse. Nobody's doing anything to you. So when you get taken yard because you suck and you pipe a 3-0 fastball right down to the middle to one of the hottest hitters in baseball, don't go bitching to baseball players. Understand it. We're done with it. This, us baseball players are done with it. If you want to be a baseball player, get over getting getting bat flipped and getting people taking home runs off you. And 
when you are throwing a no-no or a perfect game and, and your manager, your dumbass manager wants to put a shift on and put some take anybody away from third and then baseball players go ahead and bunt for a base hit because that's what you do in competition, don't start crying to us about that either. We'll hear you five days from now when you actually start to play baseball again. Other than that, go run your laps. Shut the hell up about it. We're moving on. Big props to Tatis Jr. Keep doing it because we love to watch it. We'll take your side every time over you pitchers, quote-unquote pitchers, unless you're Joe Kelly, who's a people's champ. All right, that's all. That's really all the news. Uh, NCAA, they put a freeze on eligibility, basically giving players another year. Uh, just wrapping this up, giving players another year um, to play and get that another year in. In the NHL, the play- uh, can I just another shout out to the NHL? Their playoffs are incredible. They're amazing right now. You don't even have to have a team. Just go watch people wail on each other against boards. It's incredible. And in golf, people are shooting low at the Northern Trust Tournament this week. So make sure you watch. Uh, Dustin Johnson shot a 27 on his front nine today. Uh, and then a 33 on the back. And he is currently your leader. Even... Uh, because everybody's shooting so low, everyone's basically in contention. We got like Justin Thomas is like seven back. Or yeah, I think he's seven behind, maybe eight behind. But if he can go out there and put together a run like DJ did today, that puts him right back in contention. Even our guard Tiger, who is three under, is technically still around. That is how crazy the scores are this week for the for the Northern Trust. So I'll get your eyes on that, especially on Sunday. But that is the news, and that really is this episode. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about about uh, each sport in general. We've got a lot of good stuff coming from sports, and uh, just get get your get your ears on some bold nonsense. That's what we needed for this week, and I hope we got that done. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, before we get out of here. I will say we've got, I think, I believe it's one spot open for the Bold Nonsense Heavy Artillery League. Remember, this is like all the players you can imagine. It's an incredible amount of players, uh, quarterbacks, like 100 receivers, running backs, multiple flexes. Uh, I think I even talked them into, into doing an individual defensive player, so you get to do that, which is different and fun. And all of the points. Because nobody wants to lose in fantasy like 67 to 68. I would much rather lose like 110 to 154 if I have to lose rather than also scoring low. That shit's boring. Not in the heavy artillery league do we do that. We bump up the numbers. So if you want to be the last spot, be the first to get to us about joining. Okay, with that... Find us on Twitter at bold underscore nonsense or on Instagram at bold.nonsense. If you want to get real per- personal with it, email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Find the show on Saturdays. We hope that's when you listen, your Saturday side piece. If you can't find it, if, if you can't happen to get it done on Saturdays, then go ahead and listen on Sundays because we are your weekend. Listen iTunes and Spotify are the best places. We're going to really pump those. I'm not going to say the other ones. Um, because Spotify, iTunes, those are the best places where we ask you to rate and review. That helps us out a bunch. With that being said, I am at Walsh Disney. 
If you love it, love us. Four, still smooth, much love. Um, this is bold, the Bold Nonsense Podcast. This is episode 124. This is your bright, shining light of sports positivity. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. very little i hate goodbyes it's over go home go